Okay, if you've got your Bibles there, just turn to um, 1 Corinthians and chapter 1. Okay, so this afternoon I thought um, I'd like to talk about being uh, set apart. Uh, we're called uh, to be saints, the Bible says, and uh, uh, there's uh, the definition, the Bible definition um, of, of being a saint is being born again, being set apart, being sanctified, and uh, uh, it's a it's a wonderful thought that the the Lord, as um, David just brought out there, that uh, um, you know to acknowledge the Lord and and uh, and to have this this belief that you don't recognize where it came from. But the Lord uh, gives it uh, to us that uh, when we hear the Word of God, or like we've come, those of us that are filled with the Holy Spirit and have come uh, uh, to uh, to be baptized and receive His Spirit, that is very special. Uh, knowing the Lord in First Corinthians uh, chapter one, verse one, it says, uh, uh, verse two, I'll just start. And unto the church of God, which is at uh, Corinth, or in our case, Adelaide, and I really want to. Uh, uh, personalize this, that um, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, that with uh, uh, with uh, all that are in every place call upon the name of uh, Jesus Christ our Lord. And so here, straight away, the, um, uh, the Bible tells us, and Paul's addressing the church, and, and he's addressing us, because the Word of God never ages, does it? It's, it's here for us, and it's uh, relevant uh, for us today. Uh, and the Lord is talking to us, and he's saying, I've sanctified you, I've made you special, um, and I've called you my saints. And uh, that should make us feel uh, pretty special, and all people say. It's, um, it's an amazing thing to be in, and we owe it to the Lord now, where we've always got uh, our arms uh, wide open, saying, Lord, Direct me. I know that uh, you you find me special. That uh, you've done uh, amazing work in me. You've placed your spirit within me. Um, I've uh, experienced that. I live this now. You know, just um, when I was getting these uh, scriptures together, you don't. You always, when you're reading the Word of God, you look over your own life, and um, you know, praise the Lord. Uh, um, you know, I came to the Lord when I was 19 as well. Came out of the Catholic Church as well, um, and um, like David, didn't didn't get uh, much out of the Catholic Church, only that the Word of God was was powerful, that there was a God, and that uh, the name of His Son was Jesus, but I didn't know what Jesus wanted with me. But here, now we do know. I just wanted to, um, I've got some slides, so we have a, a visual thing about, uh, I've got the Bible definition of being sanctified. So we'll just get them up. But being sanctified, the Bible says, firstly, uh, like I said before, to be acknowledged by God. Um, if we, uh, is it coming up or is it just it's not loading? Ah, here it comes. Sanctification. So the first thing, to be acknowledged by God. Maybe you could, oh, here it goes. Okay, and um, so that's a that's a special thing, and that uh, when we when that uh, comes to our realization, our walk really gets going. Uh, the next thing uh, dictionary says is that um, to say stay separate from wicked things. So the Lord, He acknowledges us, and then He separates us, doesn't He? The Bible says 
and and we we take that in and go you know thanks lord you've you've uh, sanctified me you've, you've separated me and then with that we we dedicate our life to god that's a, another these are all the characteristics of being a saint uh, being sanctified and the lord setting us apart that uh, you know we dedicate our lives, read the Word of God, we take on the promises and we preach the Word of God. Next, the Lord uh, does a work in us when he sanctifies us and that's to purify. And uh, that, that's, a, that's another thing that comes in that as we use the Holy Ghost and as we read the Word of God, um, the Bible says that we purify our minds, that we, we uh, take on the important things in our lives and we drop are the things that aren't as important. And the biggie is uh, the confidence we have being released uh, from, the guilt, from guilt and sin when we're sanctified, that uh, uh, the Lord doesn't want us to hold on to things. Uh, when, he, when he's called us uh, to be saints, uh, he's forgiven us and he wants us to take that on and to apply it our life. So to be re- uh, released from... Uh, guilt and sin. And the last one, it says uh, sanctification is to purify internally on the inside by the renewing uh, of your soul. And that uh, is, is a thing that happens uh, forever. That once, uh, you know, once the Lord has us, he keeps on purifying us and he's renewing us day by day through the Holy Ghost. So just going back to the, the Scriptures, just want to visualize that because it is something special that uh, the Lord has done with us. So just want to go to Exodus chapter 3 and read the story of Moses because Moses, uh, I just want us all to identify with Moses because Moses' calling is similar to ours. It's, there's lots of parallels with the story of Moses and our story. Um, it's in uh, Exodus chapter 3 and verse 1. And this is a time in Moses' life where he was um, he was brought up in Egypt, and uh, he realised that he was different. He was uh, set apart early. That uh, he was living in Pharaoh's house, but he wasn't he wasn't Egyptian. Uh, he was um, an Israelite, and he saw uh, their situation. And uh, there was a time where he stood up for his people, and he killed uh, an Egyptian, and he fled. And here we pick up the story that by this time he was, he was out um, away from Egypt. Uh, he was in the wilderness. Uh, he, was, he was married at this time and he's living this, this other life. But the Lord um, uh, kept uh, Moses in his sights. And here in verse 3 we start. And Moses said, I'll now turn aside and, and see this great sight. Uh, why the bush is not burnt. So uh, this is a, the time when uh, the Lord um, had this, this miracle going on. There was this fire in a bush, but the bush wasn't consumed. And so this miracle attracted Moses. And uh, Moses is now turning aside. And uh, this is the time where the Lord was sanctifying Moses' life. There was going to be a before and after for Moses here. 
that uh, after this little situation, this miracle, Moses' life was going to be changed forever. And we read here, uh, verse 4, And when the Lord, uh, when the Lord saw that uh, he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here am I. So there's, there's, two, there's three things here that I want to bring out, that God called Moses and God called us. We actually um, uh, didn't go out and, and, and say to the Lord, you, you need to find me and, and put me in your kingdom. God actually chose us and he called us. Uh, he, he knew us and he, and he called us to him. And the Lord here called out Moses' voice. And the same with us. The Lord knows us better than we know ourselves. He knew us before we were even born, the Bible says. So here there's this individual individual calling and he was calling not uh, a man out there but he was calling Moses and he knew what Moses was capable of and he had this wonderful plan for Moses and uh, Moses was willing here am I uh, and then in verse 5 it says and he said uh, draw uh, draw not um, uh, nigh hither but put off your, your shoes uh, from your feet for the place whereupon thou standest is holy ground so he's telling, telling uh, Moses that it is going to be this change and now I'm separating you, I'm sanctifying you. This uh, little exchange that we're going to have, this experience that, that uh, you're going to experience is going to change your life and I'm going to set you apart. I'm going to make you special. I'm going to purify you, Moses. Uh, that guilt that you were feeling, killing that Egyptian and, and uh, uh, whether I've, I've seen it and, or, or whether I've got a plan for you, you're going to be fulfilled. with all, you're, you're, you're going to get your answers, Moses. Your life is going to take on a whole new meaning. And in verse 6, Moreover, he said, I'm the God of, your, of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of uh, Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And here, prophecy being fulfilled, just the same as us, that when the Lord called us, the Holy Ghost prophecies were fulfilled in our lives. That the promises uh, that were given to us uh, were now in our lives. And the same with Moses here, that the Lord hadn't forgotten his children, the children of Israel that were captive there. The Lord remembered them, and he is now fulfilling his promises through Moses, just as the Lord is fulfilling his promises through us, through the Holy Ghost. And in verse 7 it says, And the Lord said, I've surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard uh, their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians uh, to bring them uh, up out of the land uh, unto a good land and a, and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto a place of the, the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Persesites, and the uh, Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me, and I, I also have seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I, that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he said, Certainly I'll be with thee, and I shall and this shall be a token unto thee, that I have sent thee, when thou hast brought forth my people out of Egypt, that ye shall uh, 
serve God upon this mountain. Isn't that an incredible calling there? And uh, we just draw all these parallels to the position that the Lord has called us to now. That there's many people calling out in this world, isn't there? They're captive. The Lord knows their circumstance. They're calling out to him. And the Lord has given us an amazing calling. And you think uh, here, like Moses' life was incredible. Moses ended up writing the five, first five books of the Bible. The amazing experience that Moses had uh, from here. And uh, it didn't, didn't seem that Moses thought he was capable of that, but he focused on, on the um, task ahead that uh, the children of Israel were in trouble. They needed saving. They needed God. And God showed him his plan, and Moses went with that. And uh, that's what we need to do. That Now we've been sanctified, we've been justified, the Lord set us apart. We need to focus on the big job that we've got ahead. And uh, if we think, oh, Lord, I'm not capable of doing that, the Lord said, no, I'll be with thee. I'll, and uh, I'll, I'll back you up like he, um, like he was telling Moses here. And that's, um, that should be our prayer. Like when we get up in the morning to, to see ourselves as sanctified, to see ourselves as making a difference in people's lives, that uh, uh, the Lord daily is hearing people crying out to him in captivity. And the Lord's given us the job to, to save them. And the Lord, um, in verse, we'll go to John chapter 17. We're going to pick up the story here where the Lord Jesus Christ is praying on our behalf. And it's a wonderful uh, prayer in, in uh, John chapter 17. We're, go we're going to pick it up in verse 14. But it should be clear in our lives, now the Lord has cleansed us, that we're different. And we're different in the things that we believe. We're different in the, um, the way we behave. Um, and, and so people can clearly recognize that there's something about us. And you'll see the examples that we're going to bring out here that Moses had that, didn't he? He had this amazing calling. When he walked back into Egypt, there were signs, wonders and miracles. People could uh, identify with him that the Lord had sanctified him. But here in John 17 verse 14 it says, and the Lord uh, praying for us and, and talking about us, I have given them thy word, he says here, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou should keep them uh, from the evil. So we've got a job here. And the Lord says that uh, he's given us his word, but he's not taken us out of the world. He wants us to stay in the world because there's a job to do. But the Lord's going to sanctify us. He's going to uh, uh, help us with the, the job at hand. In verse 16 it says, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And Jesus, um, uh, he preached about being born again, didn't he? He talked about um, his word being truth. And if we believed, if we believe on, on Jesus Christ and uh, the, the prophecies that he talked about, Jesus talked about being born again. He talked about us being called and separated. And that is the word of truth, that when we take hold of that and, and do that, when we uh, repent from our old way, when we're baptized by full immersion, when we receive the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, um, we prove the truth. We, the truth is uh, manifest through us. It's, it's, it's there. 
Uh, in verse 18, As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I've sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. And so the Lord laid down his life that we now can be washed and regenerated through the Holy Ghost. And that's what, what the Lord's uh, done in Matthew um, verse uh, Matthew chapter 3. And we just read about John the Baptist. And, and Jesus showing us the way of how we can separate ourselves from this world and, and, uh, and be uh, uh, ready to, to serve the Lord. And it's a, a wonderful part of um, uh, God's plan here. Uh, this is John the Baptist coming on the scene. He's showing us a new way. John the Baptist looked different. He didn't dress up like the Pharisees. You know, it, it talks about um, uh, his apparel here. We'll just pick it up in verse 1. And in... In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. So he wasn't preaching at the temple. He wasn't preaching at the markets, but he was preaching in the wilderness. It was that John was sanctified in every way. He was different. He was, he was set apart. He was unique. And saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness Prepare ye the way of the Lord, and make his path straight. And the same John, as uh, uh, and the same John, had his raiment of camel's hair and uh, uh, a leather a girdle about, about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. So this man was different. He was sanctified. He was he was set apart. Um, you couldn't say that he was he was going along. Um, and uh, and following what everyone else is doing, he uh, was special, and he had this uh, incredible job. He was going to show the people a different way. He was going to show us a way of sanctification, a way where we can get away from our old life and head on to this amazing new life. He's he comes out, out of the wilderness and he talks about the kingdom of God is now open. You can you can go in there. I'm, I'm going to declare Jesus Christ to you. And so here's the opportunity. People took uh, John's opportunity. In verse 5 it says, Then went out unto him Jerusalem and all Judea and the region around about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. Here it was, this wonderful opportunity to be sanctified, to be cleansed, that John the Baptist was saying, The Lord is available. The things that you're going through, you can you can um, now be cleansed. Okay, we, and we can see the two groups of people. So we had people believing John the Baptist, that he was uh, uh, preaching the word of God. They went to him and they were baptized of him. And then there was another group that came out uh, in verse 7. Uh, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? So he didn't preach like the other people. <laughs> he preached different, didn't he? He, uh, he was there and he meant business. Bring forth, therefore, fruits meet for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham uh, to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore, uh, 
therefore, um, uh, therefore, every um, so I'll start from the beginning. Uh, bring forth uh, good fruit, is hewn down and cast into the fire. So uh, John the Baptist is saying here that all the old processes, these uh, these old trees, this old way, this old religion is now going to be cut down, and I'm going to make way. Uh, for a, a, a new path here. Uh, if you're going to come out here with your uh, your arrogance and, and your pride, nothing's going to happen for you. The Lord's opened the kingdom of heaven and the ones that uh, are repenting and being baptized are the ones that are going to be sanctified. And uh, John here was warning them. Uh, verse 11, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will uh, thoroughly purge his, his floor and gather his wheat unto the garner and will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So there it is there, the... the John the Baptist is saying, yes, the first steps are here, but there's, a, there's one that is mightier than I. And in verse 13, Jesus comes. And here in verse 13, we can see that um, the gospel in the actions of Jesus, when we read it here in verse 13, then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade, forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and thou and, and comest thou to me? So here is uh, the Lord showing how humble he was, that he came. And, uh, and we know that uh, uh, repentance comes with this, this attitude of being uh, humble before the Lord. And they're showing through the Lord's actions here, he's showing us the way of salvation, the gospel. And so uh, here's this exchange. Jesus Christ is coming. John receives him and, and John says, Lord, take over from here. And the Lord's saying, no, this, this is going to be recorded and everyone that's going to be sanctified is going to follow in this path. And so in verse uh, 15 we say, And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, uh, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. And he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Now here it is, the, the path of salvation. We have the Lord coming to John the Baptist humbly. That's repentance. We've got full immersion baptism here. The Lord was baptized to fulfill all righteousness. So people... Uh, and if there's anyone here that hasn't been baptized, we're seeing that the Lord Jesus Christ got baptized and uh, he's showing us how valuable it is, how important it is, how crucial it is that uh, baptism is uh, part of your life and, and, and part of uh, the salvation uh, plan. And then the last thing, the manifestation of the Holy Ghost, the voice from heaven. We know that uh, when we receive the Holy Spirit, there's a voice from heaven. We speak in tongues. And here it is. The Lord uh, showed us the way. And uh, there's an opportunity for you just after, after this talk. We're going to um, have the communion time, the spiritual gifts. And then there's an opportunity for you to come and to get baptized, come to receive the Holy Spirit, 
Uh, it's all available to you today. But this is it. It's so clear in the Word of God. Uh, we'll go to First uh, Peter chapter 1. So what do we do now? Now we're sanctified and we're set apart. We've um, fulfilled the uh, God's... Uh, will fulfill God's uh, wishes of getting you know, baptized and and, uh, and the Lord's commandment there. Uh, and then in in First Peter chapter one and verse one, we see here that uh, Peter is addressing the church. Uh, I'll just read here verse one: Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them uh, that have uh, obtained the like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you uh, through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. According to the divine power, hath given unto, unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. We can see here that... Uh, um, we have been given this, uh, this, uh, this amazing calling. And, and in verse 13, it goes on to say, yeah? Oh, sorry, Second Peter. Oh, sorry, thank you. I thought it was going to work out a lot, but then, yes, thank you, Pastor Laurie. Um, I'll start again then. In verse, um, in verse 1, Peter, apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, and obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace. Yeah, sorry, first Peter. I was reading out of second Peter though. So yeah, that's why you went, but now I'm reading out of first Peter. Everyone with me? That's good. You're all away. Thank you. All right, I'm all, I'm with you now. Okay, so so what's happening here is that uh, Peter's saying, "I've identified with you. We're, we've all been sanctified. We've been set apart." And in verse thirteen, it says, "Verse thirteen of First Peter chapter one, verse thirteen. Uh, Wherefore, gird up." Uh, the loins of your mind be sober and hope uh, to the end with the grace that has uh, been brought unto you um, at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children not fashion yourselves according to the former lusts of your ignorance but as he which has uh, called you holy so be ye holy in all manner of conversation because it's written be ye holy for I am holy so there's this it a uh, different life that we live. When the Bible talks about conversation, that's uh, our whole conduct, and that uh, um, that the Lord has changed us, and everything has changed. Our whole conduct has changed here, and that the Lord just wants us to to go out and and live this uh, different life. We'll go to um, uh, we'll go to Second Peter chapter three now. Second Peter chapter three and verse three, and this is where we are in the plan of God. Because now, um, because we believe different things, we believe that Jesus Christ has returned, don't we? And we live our lives 
differently. People think we're, we're nutcases because we believe in the resurrection of the dead. Most people in this world believe that once you're dead, you're dead, and you're not answerable to anyone. But because we live this life that um, the Lord's going to judge us, then um, uh, we, we are set, up, set apart. People think we're, we're, we're totally different. And here in the Scriptures, it talks about the last days. Uh, and in verse 3 it says, and this is what we're experiencing at the moment, in verse 3, knowing this verse, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of, of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Uh, for this they are willingly ignorant of, that uh, by the word of God the heavens that were of old and in the earth, uh, standing out of the water in, in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. So uh, we believe that uh, there was uh, judgment. There was Noah and the ark, and there was a judgment there. And the people that didn't believe God perished, and there was this separation at that time. And the Bible tells us there's going to be a separation soon, that there's going to be, as we go on and talk about this uh, in verse 8, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us with, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But that but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burnt up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming day of the Lord, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. I just want to pause there that this is what the Bible says is going to happen. And so um, the Lord, we believe that, and we live our lives according to that, that uh, we now put our lives in perspective, that we're seeing uh, these things come upon the earth and, we're, uh, and we, we fashion our life according to this, that we must preach that Jesus Christ is coming. We must preach that there is a resurrection from the dead to wake people up and say, hey, you know, your actions, the way you're living your life is going to end badly, that we've got proof that the Lord uh, is coming back. It's in our lives. We've got this uh, miracle. The alternative is just people's philosophies and there's many out there and so while this exchange is going on we live our lives we live our lives according to Jesus Christ returning we live our lives uh, knowing that this this earth is going to burn uh, there's going to be this judgment people are watching that and they're and they're drawing conclusions whether we're we're crazy or we've got something and this is the thing um, like uh, the example with Moses, the children of Israel were calling out to him. The people of this world are calling out. And we've got to be um, always at that any opportunity to, to preach the Word of God. And preaching the Word of God comes in many, many ways. And we'll just, we had a meeting with uh, the young people's leaders on Friday and we were talking about preaching the Word of God. And there's, there's many different ways we can preach the Word of God. Um, the Lord wants us to always be uh, talking. 
sharing our experience, our testimony, but there's, there's also in, in different different ways, uh, different actions. Uh, um, you know, if you're, if you're not uh, that way inclined to go out in the street or to door knock, you need to create an opportunity for yourself to preach the word, to have someone over, to create opportunities at work to, uh, if you're good at cooking or any, any hospitality, bring people over for a coffee, make sure you have these goals in your life to, to preach the word of God. That's what the Lord wants us to do. He just wants us to keep on talking and keep on warning these people. Um, we'll go to uh, we'll go to First John chapter two. First John chapter two and verse fifteen. And here, knowing that uh, this judgment is coming, uh, the Lord is warning us. He's saying here in verse 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So the Bible is saying here, we cannot serve two masters. If the Lord has sanctified us, we can't serve, we can't serve the world. We're in the world, as the Lord prayed uh, for us. He said, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Uh, sanctify the Lord. And so the, the Lord uh, is, is watching over us and, and he's saying here that uh, we're in the world but we cannot love the world. In verse 16, and this is why, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. That's why, because this, is, this, you know, this life here is, uh, is not of the Father. The things that are of the Father is coming in his kingdom. Uh, the things that we're experiencing here through the flesh uh, is not of God. This is not the way the Lord wants us to live forever. He, he wants, this is just for a short period of time. And in verse 17, uh, it goes on to say, what's going to happen to this world and the things that we're dealing with at the moment? And the world passes away and the lust thereof. But he that does the will of God abides forever. Uh, and it goes, we won't read the whole chapter, but it goes on to warn us about people just getting their eyes off the Lord. But uh, here, this is a, another promise that we've got to hold on to, that Jesus Christ is coming back and the world that we're experiencing and, and you know everything that we're going through at the moment has an expiry date. It, it's, it's going to pass away. And uh, that's what the, the Lord wants us uh, to do here. And in verse... Uh, and we'll just finish, uh, finish off uh, in verse 28 there. And it says, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed uh, before him at his coming. Uh, for if you know uh, that, he is right, that he is righteous, you know that everyone that, that does righteousness is born of him. And that's uh, that's the thing that uh, now that we've uh, been been called from the Lord, the Lord's given us uh, this job, and and the Lord has cleansed us, He's sanctified us, and the Lord just wants us to rejoice in this world that we have the answer, we have the hope, and to keep on preaching that Jesus Christ is returning and that there's a resurrection. And all people said, "Amen." Okay, I'll hand back to Pastor Laurie, who's going to take us through communion.
Amen.